Hey, we are so excited to be here with you all this morning. If you can't tell, we've got this song that I want to call new. It's actually like 20 years old. Uh, I'm just a little bit late to the party, and I found out a couple months ago that song, You Are Good, is like a killer. There's a killer arrangement in Spanish, and I was like, oh my gosh, we have got to do that. So that's what we just sang. If this is your first time here and you're like, I don't think they're singing in English. Well, that's because we were singing in Spanish. Uh, we are a little bit of a multilingual, multicultural church. Uh, we're going to be talking about that a little bit more later today as we cast vision for the future. Uh, but before we carry on with our worship, we're actually going to sing that song one more time. And this time, we're going to teach you some of the Spanish words because it can be a little bit tricky, speaking from experience, having sang that song like 80 times this week. I still mess up. And you know what? That's okay. So, Dale, can you put up the, the slides to verse 1? Okay, so I'm going to say it. I'm going to point to you guys. You guys can repeat after me, okay? All right, so the first line, it says, Señor eres fiel. Señor eres fiel. Y tú. Y tú. It's a big word. Misericordia. Misericordia. Perfect. Eterna. Eterna. Okay, and Amy's going to. That was good. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I told Amy, I'm like, Amy, you've got to tell me if I'm messing it up. You got to correct it for me. Okay, so one more time. Señor eres fiel. Señor eres fiel. Y tú. Y tú. Misericordia. Misericordia. Eterna. Eterna. You guys are naturals. Okay, next slide. Gente de toda. There we go. Gente de toda. Gente de toda. Lengua y nación. Lengua y nación. De generación. De generación. A generación. Man, you guys are really good. Okay, next slide. Next slide. Te adoramos hoy. Te amamos hoy. Aleluya, aleluya. Okay, good. I was going to say, if you can't do that one, we're in trouble. Te adoramos hoy. Te adoramos hoy. Eres Señor. Eres Señor. And then this isn't up there, but eres fiel. Eres fiel. And that means you are good. And our God is good, right? Okay, uh, are you guys ready to do that one more time? Oh, oh, you might, okay. Can we make sure, can we make sure the acoustic's not muted? I'm not sure, is it muted down there? Oh, there it is, okay, we're good. Okay, uh, Curtis, whenever you are ready, now that you guys know the song, you can sing it perfectly, right? Lord, thank you that you are bigger, greater, stronger than any troubles we bring into the room today. Lord, help us to lean on you as we go out and face the upcoming week. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to worship you and praise you for your greatness. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Buenos dias, Iglesia. Good morning, church. If uh, you are just starting to learn a few words in Spanish and you're a little bit overwhelmed, that's okay. If uh, you have that conversation, you say, no hablo más español, that's okay. If it's just a little bit, if you're learning just a little bit of Spanish, if you're learning just a little bit of English, we want you to know that all are welcome here. And so we have just a couple of announcements before uh, Dan uh, leads us in the teaching today. We have some uh, food pantry uh, street runs coming up. That's going to be uh, Sunday, this coming, uh, Sunday, February the 12th. And if you've actually been around the church during service times, uh, Dan, I think you've seen this. There's quite a line of cars uh, that uh, we have families in the neighborhood who are in need. 
And those lines have been getting longer and longer. And I think just a couple weeks ago on one of the Saturdays, they were very near uh, their all-time record of families that are being served. And so when you think about November and December, those are times when a lot of people are uh, donating and distributing and helping, but that need is all year round. And so we get an opportunity to help with that. So uh, what's going to happen on Sunday the uh, 12th, and you can see a sign up in the lobby, uh, we're going to be going out into neighborhoods and distributing bags. And then that following Saturday on the 18th, we're going to need some hands as well, not only to drop off the bags, but then to go back and pick them up. We're going to bring them back here to the church, and then together we're going to serve by sorting them and helping out the pantry. So they are a neighbor that is doing uh, a great job of serving neighbors in our uh, just right around us. So if you are interested or maybe you've done that last year and want to do that again, or this is your first time, that is coming up, and it's a great opportunity to serve. Uh, next announcement, we have baptisms coming up. That's going to be on February the 26th. So if you have put your faith and your hope and your life uh, in Christ, uh, out of obedience, we are called to be baptized. And it's a great example and picture of the work that uh, Jesus has done in our lives and wants to continue to do uh, in us and through us. So we would like to talk to you about that. So if you're interested in being baptized, feel free to sign up on mylcc.info. And then we are approaching the beginning of a new month, which means what? First Sunday lunch. So we have them right here. If you'd like to join in, feel free to sign up on some of the items that helps us to plan. Um, but even if you forget, uh, you are more than welcome to not only come to the service, but to stick around. It is a great opportunity to meet some new faces. Maybe you sit on this side and you don't get a chance to meet and talk to people on this side or vice versa. Right across the table, we're able to meet some new people, some friends that we know and get a chance to get to know everyone just a little bit better right at the table with the meal. So we invite you to do that as well. Dan, I think awesome. you can take over. All right. Thanks, Josh. And thank you, band for leading us today. That was, that was powerful and amazing just to be, to be in the Lord's presence together and to, to sing out and to celebrate. So it's a great thing. Welcome to those of you who are new today. I am Dan, the lead pastor here, and today's Vision Sunday. Oh my gosh, can I, can I get a little bit of woo? Because I need your energy today. It's, a, it's the end of January, and I need your energy. All right, um, as we start, let me just say this. We've got an overall vision as a church, right? And it's to be a church that excels and bring people into meaningful, growing relationships with Jesus Christ and with others. What we're going to talk about today is, is really a, more of a vision of how we carry that out, uh, what we do to carry that out. Um, 18 months ago, on a vision Sunday like this, we had our leadership team up here, and we set the course together of what was coming. Um, today, we're going to follow up on some of that and share some new things that God has done as well. But as we talk about vision, I just want to explain some things first of all. First of all, vision does not look to rest on what was. It does not look to duplicate what was. It looks ahead to the opportunities that are ahead. Um, a clear vision is honest about the reality of where things are, but it also uh, looks ahead and it says uh, there's new opportunities even in that. Um, a vision looks to align with where God is leading because Jesus is the head of this church. I'll say it again, Jesus is the head of this church, 
And Jesus has entrusted, he has, there's a model that he set up in terms of having shepherds to guide this church. But those shepherds, those elders, have to continually submit the vision over and over again and surrender it to the Lord because he is the head of the church. And it needs to be done continually because we've got a God who is constantly on the move. He's always doing new things. So vision is dynamic. It is changing. So I want to start, first of all, just to talk, start with the heart, because that's what we try to do around here. And I'll tell you um, my heart and where we're at, in all honesty, okay? And it's, it's kind of reflected in, in this. Listen, it's been a difficult couple of years. We know that, and we've talked about that. I feel like hopefully we're coming out of that. Um, we've seen uh, a pandemic. We've seen things happen. I've seen uh, the church at large, and we're no exception, go through this pruning process, right? And we're, we're still kind of experiencing that. I've seen uh, churches fold. I've seen pastors throw in the towel. It's been a, a crazy time. And yet, in the midst of that, I don't think I felt more alive in, in leading this place than I do right now. And I can tell you why I feel that way. It's because when I'm worshiping here with my brothers and sisters, and when I look out and I see what God has done in this place— there's hardly a Sunday that goes by where there's not tears in my eyes of thankfulness for the, the work that God is doing in this place, the new things that he's doing. He is a faithful God. Change is hard, but change brings about a, a reality check. And it says, who's the head of the church? It says, what's the reality of life? What is it about? Who are we dependent on? And what's important? Those are good things. And I believe, I really do, I believe we're on this, this path to, to really being the church that God has called us to be. And we have got incredible group around here. It's a different group than we had four years ago. All right? It's different. I see people, though, I see people moving in others' lives. Even this week, I heard someone talk about at work, them reaching out to share their faith with others. I, I see older reaching out to younger. I see people of one culture reaching out to people of another. Um, I see people serving, serving inside the body, outside the body, um, in, in, to people who are in need, to people who are hungry. Um, I see them reaching out to those who speak a different language. Um, we have incredible people here who are shepherding our groups and, and serving around here doing the two things we're called to do with our gifts, which is bring maturity to, to the body and then do mission together, um, that's happening. And in that, we've got significant opportunities ahead. And I want to start by saying, listen, we need every person, every person in, in heading into what's ahead. So with that, I want to, I want to tell you a story. Back in 1994, is the NBA playoffs. I know I, I can't help it. I go back to the NBA. Sorry. The Bulls were without Michael Jordan, and this was, it was game three of the playoffs, the Bulls versus Knicks. And he, Michael Jordan had retired, and it was now the next guy, Scottie Pippen's turn to take lead of the team. That game three was a messy game. It was tense. It was physical. And with 1.8 seconds left in the game, the Bulls had the final shot. There was a timeout called. Phil Jackson called the team together, drew up the play. And the play was for not Scottie Pippen. It was for... The, another player, Tony Kukoc. And what happened next, I will tell you, was shocking. Now, I lived in Chicago during all six of those championships, 
And I talk about a town that was completely focused on the Bulls during that, the, their run. Um, it was incredible. But this was shocking because what Pippen did was, after he said a few choice words to the coach, he sat down and he walked and he sat at the end of the bench and he refused to go into the game for the final shot. And as Pippen sat, the Bulls ran the play without him. And Kukoc hit the game-winning shot. Bulls win. But the win, it was tainted. It was tainted by Pippen's actions. He was part of a team, but he refused to go in. In order to be a teammate, he had to have things a certain way before he would go into battle with his teammates. The Bulls lost that series. So turn with me to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. And let me set the backdrop of this. It's an amazing time. Jesus' followers, they were absolutely devoted to him, and they had given their lives to follow him, and then suddenly he's taken away and he's executed. And his followers exhibited the kind of behavior you might expect from them. They were, they were crushed. They were a mess. They were bewildered. They were terrified that they were next, that they were going to be killed. They scattered. They hid Jesus' death had turned their lives upside down. Fast forward a few weeks. Those same followers of Jesus were now declaring to everyone that he was alive. They were claiming that he had died, spent three days in a tomb, and had risen from the dead, that he had shown himself to them, and they were out now preaching it with hope and with joy everywhere. And most of them were martyred for this. None of them changed their story. None of them denied it. So what happened? What happened? Well, this happened. Read with me in John chapter 20, verse 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. That's an amazing passage, isn't it? that Jesus appears to them after that he, that he had died. And what we usually focus us on is the miracle of Jesus coming through, right, the locked doors. Jesus is a superpowers, right? We focus on that. Or we focus on the fact that he showed his hands and his side or just the disciples' reaction. What often gets overlooked is a line that Jesus said to them. As the Father has sent me, even so, I am sending you. That's a pretty profound line, isn't it? I mean, think about the condition that the disciples were in. They were terrified. They were in fear. The doors were locked. And in this state, Jesus says, I'm sending you. Not, I'm going to send you down the road. I'm sending you. And as Jesus came to them, he brought something with them. He brought Peace. Peace. 
peace be with you. He said it twice. And by the way, I'm sending you. I'm guessing later, I, I, I got to imagine that the, the disciples later would recount, sit around and say, remember when he said this? Remember when he said that? And they probably recounted his words before he died in John 14. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. He said it twice, right? Not as the world gives do I give. Let not your hearts be troubled or afraid. Jesus' peace, it's the foundation for us to be able to go out, right? His peace. Even in these times of intense fear. And so with the disciples in this fear and as he brings his peace, he says, I'm sending you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. His mission, right, Jesus' earthly mission, the one that the Father gave him, was about complete. He would return to the Father soon. The mission he was now taking, and he was handing it on to us. He's handing it on to his followers, right? His followers who had the doors locked. What does that mean, as the Father had sent me? Well, Jesus willingly submitted to the Father. He was led by the Spirit on his mission. We see that. Now his followers, that's us, are to do the same thing, to willingly submit to Jesus and the Spirit and go on mission. And we go on mission as he did. He was people-centric. He healed the sick, he fed the hungry, and he proclaimed the gospel, the good news that people could have forgiveness in him. That's our mission. All of that is a part of the gospel. But know this, Jesus sent these, these, these punks out in their weakness, as they were. But they were not alone. They had all the power they needed. Verse 22 says it there. He breathed on them, said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of debate about that verse. Maybe you're seeing that for the first time and going, wait, I, I thought the Holy Spirit came later on in Acts. We know that. He could, the, in Acts 2, it, comes, it fully comes at Pentecost. We don't know what this means totally. There may have been some kind of advanced filling or temporary filling. Maybe it was a trailer preview. And then he goes on to say, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it's withheld. Now, who forgives? God is the only one who forgives, right? But the message here is, as you go, if the gospel's received, you've got the authority to say your sins are forgiven. If it's not received, you have the authority to say, listen, you're not forgiven. You're dead in your sins. I read that again because to say that the primary focus for the disciples was the gospel message, that, that forgiveness was found through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Now, Jesus hung with them for a while, right, before he ascended, before he left for the Father. And in that time, he addressed some of the things that may, they may have been feeling or that may have kept them from the mission, things like regret. You remember, one of them had fallen very hard, Peter. He had denied Jesus three times, and his future was kind of, you look back and go, I don't know if he's going to be able to do the mission in that state. So what does Jesus do? He moves towards him. He encourages him. He resets him. And he gives Peter this specific purpose. Now, as the disciples were coming to grips with all that happened, what a turbulent time 
uh, what other reactions might have come up as they faced the mission ahead? Well, this is too dangerous, right? It's, it's too dangerous. It, it's too hard. Fear, despair. And Jesus spoke into that in this world. You will have hardship, but I'm leaving my peace, and I've overcome it, overcome the world. Maybe another reaction could have been, listen, let's just wait. Let's wait till things calm down. Once things calm down, we'll go. And into that, Jesus says, I'm sending you now. He says often, like in things in Acts 1, you don't know the times. It's not for you to know them. I'm sending you now. Another reaction could be, well, what about that person over there? When they, when they move, I'll move, right? And it's interesting because Jesus, in his rea- interaction with Peter, Peter um, found out from Jesus that he was going to die, basically, a, a, a tough death. And Peter's reaction to that is, as he takes it in is, well, what about, what about him? What about John? What's going to happen to him? And Jesus' reaction is, that's up to me. He literally says, what is it to you? You follow me. You follow me. Don't follow him. You follow me. Another reaction. I can't do this alone. I don't have what it takes to be sent. And Jesus says, you do have what it takes. I'm with you. I've given you my spirit. You have everything you need for my spirit to work. In fact, you're the chosen vehicle as you are to take the message. And it brings glory to God. So don't wait until you have everything together because who does that bring glory to? Okay, so then Jesus, after he affirms their mission one last time, he's gone. And it's just them. It's just them. What's the first thing they do? They have a choice, right? What do they do? Quick, lock the doors. Lock the doors. This is what we read in Acts 1. All these were, all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. They were one. They were unified together as one. They devoted themselves to prayer. Okay, with all that, let's fast forward to 2023. It's Vision Sunday. Let's talk about the state of the disciples of Jesus and the mission that's been entrusted to them, to us. And I ask this, what kind of state are we in? What kind of state are you in? Are the doors locked right now? How might they be locked? Why might they be locked? Perhaps it's regret. Perhaps it's too hard. It's too dangerous. Perhaps we've lost some things in this time. Maybe it's more costly today to follow Jesus. Maybe there's some growing hostility in our culture. Perhaps it's better to wait a bit longer, right, till things calm down. And, and what about that person over there? When they move, then I'll move. I can't do this alone. I don't don't have much to offer to the mission. The conditions aren't lining up. Perhaps it's better to take myself out of the game, and I'll let the team take this one. The words of Jesus come 
They come in the midst of fear. They come in the midst of instability, uncertainty. I'm sending you. I'm sending you right now in these conditions. He comes through the locked doors. He meets us where we're at in our fear. He, he reminds us of our peace and to stay with him in that peace, to take that peace. He reminds us of where the power comes from, and then he sends us out. As the Father has sent me, he says, so I am sending you with the power of the Spirit. I want to share a couple things today from a book um, by Ed Stetzer. It's called Christians in the Age of Outrage. Um, it's, a, it's a powerful book. It gives you a lot to think about. But he said this, individuals and groups tend to retreat when they sense hostility or opposition, whether because of self-protection, confusion, or fear. Our first instinct is to pull back, like a toddler touching a hot stove. When Christians engage a post-Christian world and are met with hostility and bitterness, they think the lesson is to withdraw, right? Reflecting on the shift to a post-Christian culture, Christians breathlessly whisper to each other across their Chick-fil-A meals. I think that's really funny. Weather the storm, protect your family. When the alternative seems to be engaging in a yelling match with other religious or cultural communities or throwing our support behind unsavory, if not explicitly immoral politicians who promise to be our strongmen, the idea of retreat doesn't seem so bad. The problem is this path is founded on a lie in this age of outrage, and that lie is mission is optional. I want to say this. Jesus is calling us out of a life that has locked doors and into a life that will declare itself unsafe. Jesus is calling us out of a life that has locked doors and into a life that will declare itself unsafe. That's why this is a great time of opportunity. And I could never say the conditions are the same as when Jesus left the disciples and what they faced, or, or what many other brothers and sisters in face uh, in this world right now. But it's a time of great fear. It's a time of great uncertainty, instability. It's a time when we're looking for solid ground, right? It's a time where it's easy to lock the doors, to hibernate, and to wait until things thaw out. But is that the life we're called to in Christ? Is that the life we're called to? I will declare myself unsafe. Unsafe. I will declare myself unsafe because I am safe in the peace in the arms of my Savior. I will declare myself unsafe. To live that kind of a way, we have to have the mindset. We have to do mission like the Savior. He said in John 18, as he right before he was about to die. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. He goes on to say, for this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. We've got a purpose, and we have a kingdom, just like our Savior. And Jesus is sending us. He's calling us to declare ourselves unsafe. Unsafe. Unsafe in our relationships. 
Our relationships are not of this world, right? In the world, relationships are distant. They're virtual now, right? They're self-serving. In the kingdom of Jesus, relationships are incarnational. They are up close, and they are self-sacrificial. Some more from that, that book I mentioned. Um, we have to choose to become unsafe with our neighbors. Stetzer says, a church should be a community on the move, crossing boundaries and making inclusion possible. In theological language, I could say it like this. There is no mission without incarnation, at least when this is about God's mission. As the word became flesh and dwelt among us, so the mission of the church of Jesus must become flesh and go where people are, overcoming social and cultural boundaries and immigrating into every social environment. Talk more about that in a bit. But Jesus is sending us, he's calling us to declare ourselves unsafe, unsafe in our serving. Our serving is not of this world. When the world serves, if and when the world serves, it's often, it's often about what we get out of it, how it serves us. In Jesus' kingdom, serving is a joy and it's a privilege, just as it was for our Savior. He said, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you out. Martin Marty uh, wrote in the Protestant voice in American pluralism that we are a society, society in which everything is permitted and nothing is forgiven. Uh, Stetzer adds to this. In other words, our world constantly preaches that you can do or be anything you want until it's offended at what you're doing or what you are. Then a switch flips, a mob is formed, and the pitchforks are unleashed. Holiness is replaced by autonomy and justice by rage. In the midst of this environment, Scripture calls us to be people of the towel. What a great, what a great phrase. People of the towel rather than people of the pitchfork. Jesus modeled this for us when he washed the disciples' feet without exception or expectation. This was not a simple object lesson, but an example of perfect service that reflected Jesus' humility when he came to earth. Jesus then asked his disciples to imitate him in washing one another's feet. People of the towel grasp that Jesus wants us to humbly serve others in every human interaction. Perhaps there is no place for that that is more important in our day than in our digital conversations. People of the towel, unsafe in our serving. Proverbs 11 says, whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and, who, and the one who waters will himself be watered. In this time, there's great isolation. There's great loneliness in this time, even among believers too. And that that breeds even more isolation, even more loneliness. But the ointment, the ailment for that is service. It's serving others, becoming unsafe in our serving. Proverbs 11 continues, One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Jesus is sending us. He's calling us to declare ourselves unsafe in our relationships, in our serving, and in our giving. In this world, I often give my, my resources, right, for appearance, for some kind of advantage, tax advantage, 
self-satisfaction, feeling good about myself. But in the kingdom of Jesus, God has handed his, his children possession of his resources and said, steward these well for the mission. And, and Jesus said in Luke, give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Unsafe in our giving. And you're like, is this where the pastor talks about money? Doggone it. That's why I always put up pictures of my dog, you know? It just makes people feel better. It soothes things. But yeah, we're going to talk about money because, uh, and I want to tell you, there's good things in this, all right? Here's our budget for the first half this year. Our budget runs from July to June. There you see where the giving is and where expenses are and then where we set the budget, okay? <clears throat> now, I want to say some things about this. Praise God. Praise God. He's given us what we've needed. Can I stop and just praise him for a second? God, you are faithful. You are faithful. We thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Amen. He has been faithful. He provides. And I'll say that and say, also, there's more to do. There's more ground to take for the kingdom. And we'll talk about those things in a second. All right, is it getting uncomfortable? Let's put another picture up. You know, there's my dog. I love that dog too much. All right, Jesus is sending us, so he's calling us into this life out of locked doors and into a life that will declare itself unsafe. So let's talk about where we're heading the next 6 to 12 months. Because we're going to do another one of these in the fall, just to catch up. And it really comes out, today comes out of the passage we talked about, all right? So a couple goals for us, and this is the first one. Personal spiritual growth. Personal spiritual growth. And this involves a heart that is learning to live in Jesus' peace. We need to stay there. We need to be there. We need to grow there. We need to grow in the knowledge of our God. In fact, that was Paul's passion, was that everyone in Colossians 1 would be presented as mature in Christ, Right? That means we, we know his peace, we know him, we're walking with him, maturing to people of purpose whose kingdom is not of this world. And God has given all of us, it's, it's a, there's a trajectory he's given to us as his spirit works through these things to mature us and transform us. And let's start with a couple of them. Prayer and the word of God. I'm going to invite Tom up just for a second to talk about the word, but, but prayer, they were of one accord. They came together. They were people who prayed. If you look through the early church, prayer was a consistent theme. But for us to grow also in our maturity is to, is to know the God that we serve and we love. And part of what we've, we've done around here, Tom has been championed this because he has a passion for us to know the Word of God. And we've talked about this. There is a, today, there seems to be a real hole in, in understanding and knowing the Bible among believers, right? And so uh, a couple weeks ago, you started this class. I'll let you just talk a little bit about the class, um, kind of your heart behind it, and 
maybe a little bit of what's ahead with it too. Um, sure. So <clears throat> one of the best ways to like burn money is to um, to investigate things that are already, have already been told to you. But but over the last couple of decades, <clears throat> there have been several sort of pricey studies that tried to drill down into like how do how do Christians like more faithfully become like Jesus? Like and, and measured measured by like the kinds of things Jesus did and the places Jesus went and the so to 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 save the time, <laughs> it essentially every one of these studies came back with with these conclusions: <clears throat> people who study the Word of God, people who pray, people who are connected in community, and people who serve in their like in their local body, serve their neighbors. Those are the the people who seem to be more and more transformed into the image of Jesus. Okay. And so we just sort of said, like, if that's what, I mean, you know, we just looked at a couple passages that say that, like, grow in your maturity. Um, we have this anchoring verse in Romans 12, too, that, that we are renewed by the, tra- uh, tra- or we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Like, if that's the case, how do we spend time on those things? Like, how do we do this? And so um, after some time, extended time praying about, like, do it, do, other people have capacity for this, and what does it look like? We just said, like, no, we we need to we need to invest in the word, and so um, <clears throat> we we put a plan together to sort of what did, what would it look like for us to to study some theology together, what the scriptures teach us about about God and His Word and Jesus and the Spirit and and the, and and uh, the church and all of the you know sin and salvation, all just all these areas, but also what would it look like for us to know our Bibles more. And it, it means we need to get in them. We need to spend time in them. So we just put a plan together as best we felt like the Spirit was leading us. First class, we just started uh, two weeks, well, really a week ago. A week ago uh, yesterday. Um, we just calling it Renew based on that, that verse in Romans 12, chapter, uh, chapter 12, verse 2, to, to, um, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And right now we're looking at, at who is God and what is, what is his word and, and, and how does that work. Those who've, those who've been in the room, um, save for like maybe one half hour stretch of that, like it's, it's really about us coming together to, to flesh out what we're discovering as we study on our own um, and more than it's just a, here's a bunch of information about those topics. But, but it's something that we really want our church to invest in, um, to, to deepen our understanding of, of, of the, the most important uh, matters of life, which is who is God and, and how has he revealed himself to us and what's his claim on our lives? And so, so we've started that, and, and there's plans for more. Like, this is, this is the first of what we hope becomes just a, a regular rhythm and pattern around here of deepening um, and, and, and uh, yeah, and renewing our minds. All right. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. Tom has done an incredible job around here. I mean, when we started six years ago, he's developed, we've developed a whole teaching team, um, uh, and, and he's, now we're ready. We've got a lot of good God's gifted us with teachers around here. Um, we, can, we can branch out into these different areas. So that's a, a goal of ours ahead. Um, this personal spiritual growth comes um, by means of the Word of God. It comes through prayer. It also comes from being connected. And I'm not going to say a lot about this in community uh, in a, with a small family. I'm not going to say a lot because last, the last three weeks we really, uh, did, that just spoke at all. Um, especially last week of how important it is to be connected with other believers. But I do want to update you. We, we set a goal 18 months ago, and this goal is, these two goals are continuing to happen. And one is that our coaches are essential in shepherding and developing leaders in our groups. We're going to keep moving towards that as the primary role for our, 
our elder team. And that has been happening. It's continuing to happen. Um, the other thing we've done is we've introduced uh, disruptions every once in a while to our, our Sunday morning to go small. And that's for the purpose of reinforcing um, the, small, uh, the small family. Um, we'll do another one in March. Uh, so we're excited about that. Um, but on our heart right now is continued leadership development. We've got 151 people right now connected in 13 groups. And we need to make room for more groups. Some of our groups are very big right now. Uh, we want to start new groups. New groups are often easier to jump into. But it requires leaders. It requ requires partner leaders. And I just want to uh, challenge you a little bit. If you've been blessed by being in a group where uh, that's had a leader, and all of them do, so you have, um, or a partner leader, um, that's been a blessing to you. I just want to say, uh, when is it your turn to step up into a leadership role? And it's, it's not like you think it is. And we're going to have a meeting um, next month, uh, training time, uh, Wednesday, February 22nd, to, uh, to explore what does that look like? What does leadership look like um, in, in the small? So that's coming up. Uh, I want to talk about another way we're transformed. Um, and that has to do with being unified with other believers, and um, particularly other believers who are not like us. So Armando, I want to, if you would come up uh, wherever you are. I think he's back translating, but he's going to, he's like multitasking today. Um, we set a goal 18 months ago, which is just, I can't believe what God has done in the last 18 months. Um, we wanted to grow in being one church of many cultures. Um, this was a God thing uh, in how it happened, but we have leaned into it, and the goal was to become, to understand it more, and for our staff and, and, and leadership team to live it out and to bring it to our church, and so much has been done, so I wanna, just wanted to ask you, what do you, what do you see and what are you encouraged by in the last season for us as, as a church? Okay, this has been great. Uh, 18 months ago, uh, when we started dreaming about this, uh, everyone or everyone that I was sharing about this, they, they thought that it was crazy. Uh, Still do. Yes, we don't have any precedent of something similar to what we are doing around here. Uh, but the dream is crazy until this start happening. And I see that something is happening in this place. Use uh, worshiping today in both language, English and Spanish, uh, have been good for my soul. Uh, and it's a blessing to be part of a body that we are trying to be one family, no matter what is your background, no matter what are you feeling, no matter uh, what is your culture, no matter what is your language, where do you come from, no matter if you are Cuban, uh, you are welcome here. Uh, and this is a picture of heaven, uh, what is happening here. And I'm loving what I'm seeing, and I'm so grateful for our church. Yeah. Thanks, Armando. I, have you ever been, like, I'll tell you as a leader, have you ever been, you're driving somewhere, right? Your GPS goes out. You know where you're going, right? But you're like, how in the world am I going to get there? That's what it feels like as a leader when you're leaning into where God is moving with his spirit. Because you, I've never felt a stronger sense about this, of God's spirit. But it's like, okay, God, I've, I'm leaning on you. We're, we're both, we're, we're all leaning on him together for this to happen. Um, but so much has been done. We've had we have translation teams. We, we're translating most things in, in the, you know, 
with the message, with communication, things like that. We've, um, I, I will confess that I miss things a lot, and Armando will say, hey, Dan, you know, um, there's something over here that you might want to communicate. And uh, that is an ongoing thing for me as I'm learning this. Even today, I translated all the, all the scripture and stuff, and I realized, oh, my gosh, I've got titles up there I didn't translate, and I, I, I committed, I wanted to do that. <laughs> I just say it to say, it's so human, this, this road that we're on, trying to figure out how we can continue to grow in this area. But um, We forgive you. Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> he says that all the time. <laughs> but we're worshiping in two languages, and I will tell you, the tears come as I see that, as I see what God's doing here, and we're translating in Spanish, and we've done it in Portuguese. There's more plans coming up. So um, Armando's going to stay up here because he's going to talk about something else in a minute. But I just want to say our staff has worked hard, you guys. You have no idea how much work it takes for all of us. And Armando's helped so much coming on staff, too. So, and we're not done. We're not done. We've made strides in the large. Our first Sunday lunches have been great for that, too, to connect together. We've got more work to do there, but we've got more work to do. And I just want to tell you one of our goals is for the small. And in the next six months, we'd like to pilot a, a group that is specifically sets out with, with people from different cultures to be, become one, because that's another step in this. And it's kind of like we're going, uh, we're going backwards, right? Instead of starting that way, we're, we're kind of retrofitting this in. But um, I'll just say we need missionaries for that group, people are com who are committed to taking a step to walk into other cultures. So we want to encourage you. If you want to be a part of that, let us know. And you ask why. Why do we do this? It's because it's what we see in Scripture. In Ephesians 2, Paul talks about these two groups coming together as one. People that, uh, Gentiles and Jews, coming together as one. And he, he talks about it in Ephesians 2 when he says this. He says, so you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the prophets of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by his spirit. There is a transformative process that comes when we are with people who are different than us and working to become one together. The world separates people, right? We've seen it even recently. We've seen the world try to separate and cause divisiveness. In Christ, we come together. We come together. It takes time. It takes time. So that's goal number one. Goal number two, I got to move fast here, is to be on mission. Jesus is sending us to be people of the towel, right? Letting people know in our neighborhood that they're seen by us and that they're seen by the God who made them. And as the weather warms up, we're praying for an unprecedented movement into our neighborhoods. We're going to do a group initiative for our groups as well. You'll hear more about that in the days ahead. And we want to have what was present at the time when Jesus sent them out, and that is a gospel urgency, a gospel urgency that people need Jesus, Paul himself said in Acts 20, I consider my life, uh, I, I do not account my, my life of any value 
nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So neighboring, that's a major focus ahead. And that involves, too, the neighboring around this building that God has given us that has a purpose. Eighteen months ago, we shared, I want to update you on this because some of you have asked me, but we shared about this opportunity that came to us. Somebody approached us about putting a coffee place on our property in a corner that we don't even use. And um, it was a goal for that to be finished, to be finalized, for the parking lot to be a part of that as well, to knock down the shed. And all those things have happened. In December, we signed the contract. Um, So the ball is starting to move faster now. And I think in the next 6 to 18 months, this place is going to look quite different. This property is. There's going to be new things that happen. We're even talking about the building now. How can we use it, leverage it to go even deeper into our community? We're excited about that. I'll give you an update real quick, too, on the roof fund. Um, In two days, we're going to close the fund. We've had just under $120,000 come in, which is incredible, incredible. Now, we we needed $140,000 to do it, and then prices went up to $190,000. That's fun, you know? But... Uh, we actually worked out we, we worked out something different that's going to end up uh, end up giving us a 20-year warranty with that $120,000. We're really excited about it. There's two more days left. If you want to give $70,000 and close the gap, I mean, you've got two days to do that. So, um, But that's good. And God, again, he's provided. He's provided a way for these things to happen. Another goal we had, and I'll invite Jenny up um, and Petra. Petra, why don't both of you guys come up? Um, another goal from 18 months ago was to move into deeper partnership with the food pantry. And I just want to share with you that this, this is happening. And today's a big day for that. We're ready to take another step. So I'm going to turn it over to Armando because Armando oversees our missions here. And uh, Jenny is, is going to be a part of our bridge building team for the food pantry. And then Petra will talk after that. So yours. Okay, we are having a meeting after the service today. Uh, because we are building a team, uh, a team that will work with Life Community Church and with the food pantry. And I want to check with Jenny just to see uh, what is the mission that you have just building this new team. So I am looking for people who want to join me to think about how we can build relationships with the people who utilize the food pantry. Um, This is going to be more than just donating um, monetarily or volunteering your time. This is really um, people who are excited about um, meeting folks who use the food pantry and building those relationships. Great. Now, how is a a class in, in... in the food pantry, if I want to go to a class, what are I going to experience there? What people are going to meet there? <laughs> so um, I can talk about my classes. I don't know if I The can. best classes in yeah. the food pantry, oh, okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been teaching since um, the summer of 2021. I started teaching virtually, and then um, when the garden was built, we moved classes outside in that garden space, weather permitting. Um, And then this fall, I actually approached the church staff about hosting classes here in the youth room, um, moving into the colder months. It's just a much more inviting space than trying to gather together 
um, in the back of the pantry. So I've been hosting classes in the youth room about twice a month. Um, sometimes they're Wednesday afternoon, sometimes they're Thursday late afternoon. We try to do it right before service time so that people who um, come to classes can then shop and get um, kind of the most of their time by coming. Um, I do cooking and nutrition classes, but I know historically there have been people who have done art classes. Um, those have been very well attended. Um, story times for children in the summer. Um, I would love to see like fitness type classes if anyone has that skill set. It's just ways to bring people out, um, bring people together and learn new skills. Uh, and what is the condition if I want to lead a class? Let's say that I am so good playing football, but I'm not. <laughs> uh, uh, what I have to do, how this work? Um, I would be happy to help you get that set up. If you are ready to go, you can reach out to the pantry directly. It would be Andrea who would set up those classes, but I'm also happy to um, make that connection and facilitate that. Great. And if you want more information, if you want to be part of what God is doing uh, with the food pantry, we invite you to be after the service in the youth area. Uh, Jenny is going to lead the meeting and any question that you have, this is the moment. Uh, to ask. And it's, uh, let me just say one thing about the team, okay? This team, to dream about how we can not just serve at the food pantry, serving is wonderful too, but how we can build relationships as individuals, maybe as small groups, and maybe even as a large group to do something that would bring people in here. We're here for more than just meeting the physical needs. We're here to bridge the gap spiritually too. So that's a part of what this team is looking at. It's, it's, it, it's very in-depth and comprehensive of all that. that so, okay, okay in, the in the next 45 minutes, we will be talking about international. <laughs> 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 okay, we have two um, mission plans for this year, right? One is in a few weeks. Yeah. And the other is summer. Um, how we can pray for the team that is planning to go this February? Yes, that is a good question. Mm -hmm. So um, for this February, we could use prayer because Rachel is um, leading that trip and um, she shared with me that there are a lot of first timers going on this trip. So people who have not been to Honduras before. Um, so that's actually really exciting to hear. Um, and I um, think it would be good to um, just pray for that team and for the people who are going there for the first time to really um, understand more, um, uh, to be able to, to grasp a better understanding of the work that the Sowers family does and that Pastor Marvin does there, and then to be able um, to come back and share that with the rest of the body. Um, and a second prayer request would be uh, for Rachel and I specifically, um, for Rachel to get a better understanding of how we can help support Pastor Marvin um, in more ongoing ways. And as we kind of try to plan out um, and, and vision cast ourselves um, for years in the future, um, that we would just have wisdom in, in putting um, some of that process together and going through that planning process. Now, other than prayers, any way that we can support the team that is going, any need that we can feel? Always. 
Or oh, we, okay. always, right? <laughs> Go for it. I'm sure Jenny would, <laughs> would say the same thing. Um, um, so one way is actually for the um, upcoming trip, if you sponsor a child, um, you can write your kid a letter. So um, whatever email that you used to sign up for sponsoring your child, Carrie Newsmeyer has sent you an email, um, kind of giving you tips on um, writing the letter, making sure it's addressed correctly. And um, there is a green basket out um, by the mission wall there that you can drop your letters in so that our um, uh, team that's going down can bring those letters down and pass them out to your kids um, when they're passing out the backpacks. Um, when is the last day to uh, bring the letters? Thank you, Monica. I was like, Monica told me. Uh, <laughs> February 12th. So that's what? Okay. Two, three Sundays from now or two Sundays? Two Sundays. Two Sundays yeah. from now. Um, you can also, if you are watching the live stream or if you got that email and you're like, I'm not going to be at church those weeks, um, you can, uh, Carrie put in the email, that you can send your letter to Monica Matheny and her email address is enclosed in there. She can print that off for you so that our team um, can take it. And then lastly, um, just wanted to say we are going to be doing a painting project while, while we are there as well for the upper school. Um, so we support two schools, an upper and a lower school. Um, and so we will be painting the upper school there. And we want to bless the Sours by covering the cost of paint for that. Um, and so that is going to be, they, they estimate some, somewhere between fifteen and $1,800 dollars um and so i was breaking it down because um th that's what i do and that's like uh mm. yeah i don't know s 75 to 90 people who give 20 dollars, and we will have that knocked out so just keep that in the back of your mind if you want to figure out how do i give directly to the honduras um trip you can come ask me you can write that on your check if you write physical checks um, and put them in the boxes in the back you can come up and hand me a hundred dollars and i will make sure that gets to the right people uh <laughs> and, and under my lcc.info um oh, yeah, we have sure, a, a place option. there yeah. um, if you want to donate um buy coffee um this is the place to go my yeah. lcc.info yeah so um yeah that's it mainly for the february trip Great. Thank you so much, both of you. For awesome. What you Thank have been you doing. guys for the way you're serving. Thank you too, Armando. All right. I'm going to wrap things up and then we're going to sing a song together um, to close. But I, I just want to tell you that there's a lot of excitement ahead. Um, there's new things happening. God is doing new things. And with his peace, we can move forward. Um, we can bear fruit for the kingdom, which is what we're called to do. So we're asking everyone to pray about these two goals. Pray as groups. Consider um, how you can grow in these areas, um, how you can be on mission, how you can um, be, be better um, at growing in your knowledge and your relationship with Christ, being connected in a small family, and so on. And I will tell, the, tell you this. I, I can't imagine if, if everybody uh, embraced these and ran after these, what this place could look like. And I, you, you were born... You were born for a purpose, the same purpose as the Savior said, to bear witness to the truth. And remember, Jesus is, is sending us. He's calling us 
to declare ourselves unsafe in this world. Let's pray. God, we are the body of Christ, and together as one today, we pray, we come to you, our Father. We come to you in our, in our weakness, we come to you in our fear, we come to you in our shame even, in our regrets, and we, we come bask in the peace and the presence of Jesus, which gives us our identity, our life, our future. God, we want to live unsafe in this world. We don't want to stay behind locked doors. So God, by your spirit, help us to encourage one another in these days to be people who are sent and people who go. And we love you, and we so thank you for the way you work, which is never how we plan things out. You are God, and we are dependent on you. And everybody said, amen. amen. Why don't you stand, and we're going to sing one last song together. Amen. Thank you, everybody, for being here. So many things going on, right? Baptisms and classes and, and all this stuff. But two last, like, quick reminders. Next Sunday, first Sunday lunch, okay? First Sunday lunch, go to mylcc.info. I believe there's sign-ups. You want to do that. It helps to know that we are going to have enough food, like that's ever been a problem. Um, but the second thing is, right, like in minutes, uh, just on the other side of this wall is our youth area. If you are interested in that, that um, bridge-building team with the Hilliard Food Pantry, um, you're going to want to head over there, and, and Jenny wants to meet you. So thank you for being with us, and uh, have a great Sunday.